You're listening to the Sports Brothers Podcast by Sam and Brian Dostal. Everything sports, all the time. Good day, everybody. We hope that your January 13th, 2016 is doing just dandy today because ours is, Sam. We're doing another podcast. It's our final one until I go back to school next week. Sad day. Yes. However. Is it, though? However. Is it, though? However. Well, that's that's all for the listeners. I don't have to hear the stories about when I wake up in my sleep anymore. Those are a good time. They are not. Sam freaks out whenever I come to the room because I always go to bed after him. And let me tell you, he he would he he thinks that I'm like intrude. I'm gonna like gonna kill him in his sleep. Yeah. No, seriously, he freaks out. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah. (laughs) But the thing is, I never actually wake up. So like, if actually someone was in there, yeah, I wouldn't do anything. You wouldn't do anything. Because, and you and you ask me why I'm panicking when you're the one that jets up. I didn't up ask you. Did I and, do anything last night? Um, we got up and went to the bathroom. Remember, like I went downstairs again. You went downstairs. Yeah. Again? No. We like went right by each other. No. It was like one one fifteen. No. Really. No. So you well you went to the bathroom on your own sleepwalking. I am a weirdo, huh? Hopefully you made everything in the toilet. You didn't miss anything around the area, huh? <laughs> you got to make sure it's direct. It was dry by the time I woke up in the morning. I'm going to miss that. When I go back to school, Sam, that's, that's going to be the biggest thing I'm going to miss from you. Is it? Yes. That's the biggest thing? Yep. I don't know how I should feel about that. Well, this is the Sports <laughs> Brothers Podcast. It's everything sports all the time. And as we mentioned, this will be the last show before I go back to school, which will be... Uh, well, technically Saturday because Eastern has uh, Eastern basketball. They have two games on Saturday. The men and the women each have one, and then the women have another one on Sunday. Um, we have Martin Luther King Day off on Monday. Classes begin on Tuesday. Uh, but from now on, and I probably should have done this last semester, but I'm going to put my radio shows from school onto the Nico Empire, onto Nico's website, because, Sam, it looks kind of bad when you look at our yeah. podcast and there's like a two-month hiatus of nothing so at least this because it's a weekly show at school i don't know the time the day but regardless there will be something up every week yes so uh and i'll try to do those pretty much as soon as i get back into the room after uh the show's over so um but for today's show uh we got a lot of stuff today between the national championship game as alabama they won their fourth national title in the last seven years uh, you have. We're gonna have this uh, the State of the Union address, sports style. Of course, last night President Barack Obama made his final, his eighth and final state of. Or excuse, he said it was his eighth. Seventh. He said it was his eighth. No, he didn't. Yes, he did. Did he? Yes, I just watched it. Huh. Well, I thought it was seven because you don't do one the first time. I maybe he just counted in. I don't know. Maybe but he counted it was, as inaugural. Yeah. Anyways, well, we're gonna do. I our heard on own. CBS they said seventh and final. Whatever. Whatever. So we're going to do our, our uh, State of the Union address basically. Seventh each. and a half. So, okay, seventh and a half. Well, Scott Pelley. Scott Pelley's not usually wrong. That's okay. All right. Well, and I'll... Barack's not either. So. <laughs> so seven and a half. Okay. <laughs> so basically Sam, Sam and I are each going to give three bold predictions or things that we want to see different, see progression, or maybe uh, go away 
in sports uh, in the in the year 2016. But we start with the big one, Sam, and that is the St. Louis Rams are no longer the franchise is moving to L.A. And after 20 years of no football in Los Angeles, there is a team in L.A. There is. And what's your reaction? To this is is this good for the NFL? Well, I, I think it's good in the sense where it is the second biggest made the second biggest media market in our country. Yes. So it's a good thing to that extent. But as far as I don't know, how much does it really change the viewing though of the NFL? Because a lot of the people out in LA, yes, there are LA natives, but a lot of the people are transplants. Like, just think about it. We had our mom's friend a couple of weeks ago. Uh, here visiting from L.A. They moved out there 10, 15 years ago, whatever it was. They're transplants. There's a lot of people like that, and a lot of them take their team and bring it out there with them. And there's a lot of niche bars. You'll see a Green Bay Packers bar, New York Giants bar. A lot of people will go and still stick with their team. And it's going to be – and it's, you know, like when Oklahoma City moved there for basketball, there's nothing there. You're going to – you know, you're going to become an Oklahoma City fan. yeah. In L.A., there's a ton of different things. You're not necessarily going to be But there was a seed already planted earlier. Like, this isn't the first time the Rams have been in L.A. No. I mean, we saw – now, see, this is this is where I'm not sure. You know, people in L.A., right, the mayor of the of, of Los Angeles said this is a great day in L.A. history. Well, I think it is. Which, which it is. Now, and, and we see some video clips on sports and on ESPN. You know, there's there's a couple crowds of, of fans with L.A. Rams jerseys and all that, but – how big is that crowd? How big is that population of fans that are genuinely excited? Sure, there's going to be some. Obviously, well, there as, is. As you've heard, as you've heard, and I'm sure, I'm sure, and I've heard, uh, and it's true. It's skipped a generation. It's been 20 years. Think yeah. about it. I'm 24, almost 25, but I have zero recollection of a football team being in Los Angeles. Yeah. I mean, obviously, there was that brief window of when there was when I was like what one to four or something like that yeah. before they, but. The first time I ever remember the Rams is greatest show on turf, Kurt Warner, yep. uh, Marshall Falk, you know, Isaac Bruce, uh, that team there. That's the first Rams I remember. That I, remember. I still remember, I don't know when I heard it, but someone said, oh, they used to be in Los Angeles. I was like, really? They did? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was, what, 10 at the time? Yeah. But So I, you, you do lose that. People probably about my, probably all the way up till 30, you could even say. Yeah, because if you're ten when when they move, right, and you don't remember that much. No, it's like the Hartford Whalers here. Like, yeah. I, well, you don't. I kind of remember them because they six. left when I was six or seven. So I kind, you know, like, but you don't you don't build over a long period of time. So the NFL they voted thirty to two in favor of the Rams in the seems like Jerry in, Jones in had a lot Inglewood to do with project. that. Huh? Yeah, how about that, Jerry Jones? I mean, it's this is supposed to be bigger and better than Jerry's world, his own place, and he's going to lose business probably. Probably, yeah, because his his own stadium won't be the best of the best because now you have L.A. and and folks, if you haven't seen the pictures or uh, the graphics of the stadium, what's going to look like? I think it's going to be look great. Well, I, I'm sure they're. And I'm, it's going to be a heck of a job. They're going to do a hell of a job. And let me put it. I mean, I, over a billion dollars. I've been I mean, to Dallas a, for this. a major event, the Final Four in 2014. You want to go to L.A. for a major? Yeah. Event. I've been to L.A. And even if the it doesn't look like it's going to be right down, you know, right there in the center, right? It's going to be a little. I'm not exactly. I'm not sure exactly sure. So I'm not going to speculate too much on that. But even if it's 
not right in the center. Say they have the final four there in 2025, just throwing out a number. Yeah. In Dallas, when you have the final four, you have the city of Dallas, and then you have where a lot of people stay, about 10 minutes on the outskirts, and then from where a lot of people stay, it's like a 45-minute hour bus ride or drive to the arena. And there's not much to do in Dallas. There's not much to do on the outskirt towns uh, and cities. So it's not a great spot for that. Obviously, people are going to go because it's a big-time event. But if you're in L.A. and it's the Final Four and you get there on a Friday, you can spend all day in the city on Saturday. So what if it's a 45-minute trek away from your hotel, away from everything, where everything is to get to the stadium. You go back afterwards, you're back in the city, you're back where everything's happening. Sunday, there's a ton of stuff to do. Monday during the day, there's a ton of stuff to do before you go back out there. So it's just a better spot for all that stuff. And it it's, I think not only does it put the NFL there, but it's going to bring all these other sorts of events, college football championship. Obviously they have it at the Rose Bowl, but you mentioned that, and Rich Eisen said that on the Dan Pat show earlier today. Something I, something I just thought of, the Olympics. Maybe the Olympics go to L.A. They have a venue now yeah. that could hold it, right? If it's if it's what Jerry's World can hold, mm-hmm. it, his his stadium holds 80,000. It's going to be in that ballpark area, maybe even a little more. I mean, and, and with extra seating, you can accommodate things. And I think, right, for the Super Bowl, it was over 100,000 for, for the Super Bowl when it was uh, the Packers – and the Steelers and what do they say? Back. Reports every four years the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, hey, who knows? L- L.A. could get an Olympics in the next yeah. twenty years or so. Um, now on to the Rams side. Me, if you're a St. Louis fan, it's it's not the best best of days. No, and uh, Stan Kroenke, the owner, got the team in 2010. One uh, is going to be what writing a check for 1.8 billion dollars. It's a whole heck of a lot of money. It's a lot um, of zeros, huh? It's it's not exactly like when the Whalers left Connecticut, um, but it's somewhat similar. You, you take a team away from a fan base. Uh, obviously, they still have the St. Louis Cardinals. Connecticut didn't have a professional team when that happened. I'm just talking because this is what I can draw on as far as losing a they team. They have the St. Louis Blues as well for yeah, hockey. hockey. And, but you, you look at it and – it's tough. It's they they've lost a NFL franchise twice. Yeah, that's not good. No, as as the NFL as the the richest and the most popular sport in this generation, the 21st century, that's not good. And they drew well when they were good. They haven't been what they haven't made the playoffs since '03. When they, uh, I think that was Mark Bolger. Remember when he had Didn't his they, little they, run? Yeah, they, yeah, he, he just got a hot trick. They won like ten or ten straight or something yeah. like that. Yeah, they yeah. had that period there where Kurt Warner was their quarterback won the Super Bowl. Uh, but other than that, they haven't been very good there. And then why are people going to show up when, the te- one, the team's not very good, and two, there's a lot of rumors it's going to be gone. Why yeah. spend your money? Yeah, exactly. And they said they're not a good sports town. Come on. St. Louis Blues, they fill up. And what fans attend baseball games better than St. Louis Cardinal fans? If anybody, maybe Boston fans. Yeah. But they also have 14,000 less seats or something like that at Fenway. You know, and um, Rams fans, you saw after the last game, right, and, and on Thursday night football against the Buccaneers and all the signs and saying keeping in St. Louis, um, just just tough for them, especially when they, they – it seems maybe they're the up-and-coming. They beat the Seahawks twice this year. They got an exciting running back in Todd Gurley. Now they go to L.A. But, Sam, um, 
the Rams, they they outvote whatever whatever how you want to say it. Um, the Chargers, they may be able to uh, share the facility with the uh, Rams. Do you think this will happen? Should it happen? Would you want it to happen if you're the San Diego Chargers? Well, they they keep saying that there's about 25% of the season ticket holders are in the L.A. area anyways. Mm -hmm. I I don't think it's the worst move for San Diego. Uh, Marketing standpoint, I think it's better. Um, And a lot of their crowd really isn't – you watch games and it's not – you have Charger fans, but there's also a lot of fans that go out there just because to it's watch San Diego. Team, yeah. Or come up from L.A. to watch their team uh, when the Patriots come or, or, or something like that. You know, a Jets fan might make the trip west for a long weekend. They're a Jets fan. Let's go to San Diego where it's warm, watch our team play on Sunday, and then fly back on a Monday. You get a lot of that. And um, from what I – there might – I'm curious as to see, are there more Rams fans or Charger fans out there in the L.A. market? You would hope Chargers, right? Because they've been there you more would, recently. But because if that's the case, then but Los, but the Rams were a Los Angeles team. The Chargers have never been a Los Angeles team. For, yeah, for one year they were in 1960 when they were they yeah. in the AFL. But yeah, no, you're right. Um, how about the Raiders? This is the final of the, of the three team and projects. I, I like the Raiders staying there in Oakland. Yeah, I think they ha- they have a good fan base, right? They have a lot of dedicated fans. They need a new stadium. They need a new stadium. I mean, that's what the Rams needed too. I mean, the the reason why that the Rams left St. Louis because both were, times was because of the stadium. But they were they were starting to have talks to build a new stadium. Not fast. Not enough. Not fast enough. No, but and then when um, LA, when LA's calling you, yeah. Well, I know. Oakland, I think Oakland, I think is a out of the two teams that we're talking about that are moving in the third one. Uh, I think the right team is staying put. Did you watch Goodell's uh, little speech? I did not see that. No. Well, to me, it was – I was surprised of how depressed he was. He was very – it was like very – It's see, it's if you're the, if you're the was commissioner – Was it to show sympathy towards yes, the fans? to the Rams, yes. And I was kind of surprised by that. You know, I mean, I guess if he says, yeah, we're all excited about a move to L.A. and, and it helps L.A., but then it kind of – Shanks St. Louis. I don't know. I was I was kind of surprised by well, his reaction because it's a big money maker. It he, is. It, I it's mean, a, it's a business wise. It's huge. it's huge. And just think about the marketing. How much better you can market the league. You, you got all the. You got these athletes coming through the glitz and the glamour of L. A. Already, L. A. Has the Lakers, the Clippers, the Angels. The are they going to draw though? How are they going to the draw? Kings. I for Sundays, I bet they'll draw. They'll, they'll get a they'll get a full okay. Capacity. Here's the question: Are they going to draw? We'll just because San Diego's not officially there yet. Let's just talk in a Rams sense. I bet they would get close to. Are, are, is it going to be Rams fans, or is it going to be similar to what you see in San Diego? Like the Seahawks are going to. Well, does come. the NFL care? Does the NFL because they're still making money? I know, but I, if, I know, if, but I'm if just. If a I'm butt not, is in a seat, it, they don't care. I know, but I'm just asking you: What do you think? Is it going to be like 50-50 where you see Seattle fans come over and take over L.A. for the game or San Francisco fans come down for the weekend? What What do you think? I mean, because looking at it right now, the Rams, yeah, they might be getting a little bit better, but they're not going to be like a Super Bowl contender most likely in the next three years. 
Maybe they are. I don't know. But with the way things are now, it doesn't seem that way. I mean, because I, I don't know the, the, the how how diehard L.A. is. For but the, how can they be? They're so spread thin with everything. You know, you got Lakers games, Clippers games, Dodgers, and Angels are always in the playoff mix. They'll be the playing LA, games the L- at the start of the The L.A. Kings. The L.A. Kings. I mean, the Chargers, Raiders are all in the area. And then, well, Oakland's not really in the area. Well, the Char- but it's closer than the Rams. It is. But but then you got USC, UCLA football, which, granted, USC isn't what they've been, but you still have those events. To, is someone... How many people are necessarily going to say? So you know, you're questioning the atmosphere and the dedication from yeah. L.A. Rams. Just I th- I think that's the biggest question moving forward, isn't it? Yeah. Like now that this deal is done, how strong is your fan base going to be? Maybe over time it builds up, but I think at the beginning you're going to see. Yeah, you're going to see people that are Rams fans, but you're also going to see the you're going to see a large Seattle Seahawks contingent when they play there every year. Yeah, that, that's that's fair to say. Um, but like you said, at the end of the day, there's seats in the butts, or there's there's butts in the seats. So, two years to build it, right? It's going to be done in 2019. So the next two seasons, they're going to be most likely playing at the LA Coliseum. Ninety-three thousand this place holds. You know this. So, is this is it going to get fifty thousand? First year, probably. Sixty. I could see it. I don't know. I don't, it's not going to fill. No. That's an impressive place to watch a game, though. It That's, is. That'll be some some busy weekends for those people, huh? USC How's football that on Saturday. Hold up. It's grass still. I know. <laughs> so you're so you're playing, what, 16 games in that field? So, I mean, right? Yeah. It's going to be a lot of football. It's going to be a lot of football. Um, yeah. And so. how many people are going to, though, you know, like, you think about it, though. The USC fans that are going to the game are probably coming from that general area. Are they want to go back? How many people are going to say, oh, we went on Saturday? Maybe they don't double up the weekends, but you'd think it would happen at some point. It's yeah. going to be a double weekend. Yeah. Do people want to go back? Especially if the Rams, again, are you know 6-10 and 10 or, mm-hmm. or whatever they have been right. in the last few years. Um, anything else you want to talk about with the Rams? Um... I don't know. Um, I I mean I was I was kinda, I think I was shocked when I heard the news. You were shocked. I, not, Have you not, been paying attention? No, I wouldn't say shocked, but like I when I was I was over Spencer's house last night. Damien just texted me. He goes, uh, "Rams to L.A." I was like, "Whoa!" Why were you shocked? It I was don't like it, it was inevitable. I, I felt I just, like there's been too much momentum building up over the last I didn't two, think, three, I, four I guess years. I I didn't think it would happen this soon. I thought it was going to happen. Well, you knew after they were the they were meeting about it. I thought it was going to be after the Super Bowl. Um, all right, so let's head to what we're going to do. Um, State, State of the, of the Union. Union. Yeah, st- our State of the Union address. So last night. Did you watch last night? I just watched it. Up. We don't watch State of the Union at Spencer's. I watch it every year. I like listening to him talk. I do, too. He's a great talker. He is. Looks presidential. He was laying the jokes out there last night. He didn't care. It was he doesn't a, care. He, he's always been a, he's always been good with the humor, though. Yeah. But <laughs> you could just tell he, he had some good ones right at the beginning, and he he did it. What is he? And he a year from now he's going to be out golfing in Hawaii. You know, L- and, laughing it up about what the new president's doing, or yeah, or you know, or, you know, cracking jokes. And you like making your own presidential jokes, like oh yeah, that act didn't work, or oh that policy, <laughs> you know, that shit, that bad. Oops. <laughs> 
What is this, an R-rated uh, podcast, uh, yeah, though? Yeah, I guess so. Um, all right, Jeez. so State of the Union Address, I will, I will go first. Are you gonna have to, you're going to have to put a warning on this now. Yeah. Just stop. Just stop. Uh, Howard Stern Radio over here. First, my first point, it's in men's college basketball, and we have talked Are about – Are we going to do one flip-flop here? Yeah, yeah, okay. we'll do one every, every other. Um, men's college basketball. When there is a timeout under two minutes in the NBA, the WNBA, and now in women's college basketball, the team is allowed to bring the ball to half court. And what does this do? It creates more exciting finishes. It gives the, the team down or tied or, or whatever an opportunity, to, a more legit chance to score. College Men's college basketball is the only kind of basketball, major basketball, that doesn't have this rule. And I'm not just saying this because, you know, UConn, I don't want to say lost on it, but UConn could have called a timeout with two seconds left against Temple last week. They, you know, they didn't. And Sterling Gibbs had to hit a half-court shot that wasn't even close. But And you yelled at Sterling Gibbs. Like, what do you expect? It was he in the moment. Um, But, Sam, I think we got to – it must be a quarter thing, right? Like I, I don't get it because now that the women's now that women's basketball college basketball is with four quarters, they now can uh, move the advance the ball with under <laughs> what what it has to be a quarter. Maybe, but it's not the only time you can do it in women's college basketball is the final minute of the fourth quarter That's or overtime. Fine. Oh, I know. That's but, fine. So, Make I mean, it the last minute. It, it can translate just like that to the men's game. I don't like. I don't understand why we need quarter instead of halves. Yeah. No, I agree. Uh, we, we've we've talked and about all, it, and also to that point, this year for whatever reason, players can call timeouts, but coaches can't. Well, players have always been able to call timeouts. The, yes, but coaches the big okay. The biggest issue is coaches cannot call timeouts. I don't understand. Doesn't it that. just look strange? It's strange. That's part of the strategy, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's like the one time. The one thing I do agree with that the coaching timeout thing is. They can't call it from the sideline on one of those loose ball plays where players are diving after the basketball. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. But if John Calipari wants to call a timeout because the offensive set is going nowhere in a tie game with six seconds left, he should be able to call a timeout from the sideline. And it's it's I don't know. It it just doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't. We'll uh, stick with the with the college sports, and I'm going to flip over to college football. Um, I think the college football. Uh, presidents, the people in charge of the playoff committee, they have to do right by the fans, not force the games into New Year's Eve. Not, yeah, big, I mean, big miss this year and, and they, or they, last year. Last year, and they plan on uh, possibly doing it again next year, although I did hear there might be some talks about uh, switching that around. Uh, even with New Year, New Year's Eve is on a Saturday this year, that doesn't happen that often. And there are some years where it rotates through, and it is going to be New Year's Day with the way it's set up now when it's the Rose Bowl and the Sugar Bowl game. But it's such – it's – right? It You're considered, especially at our age, 24, 20, um, if, you, if you sit on the couch on New Year's Eve, it's kind of considered lame. You feel like a loser. Would I have rather have sat there and, <laughs> and watched college football all night? Yes. Yes, I would have. But – I went out, missed the second game. You got to put it on it. They're your two biggest games of the year. They're huge draws. I mean, college football. People will watch it. Oh, yeah. And numbers showed it from last year. On New Year's Day. Yes. 2015. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I guess still last year. Yeah. Um, They were both last year. Yeah. <laughs> and they're this year, too. Yeah. 
They're, th- they're, they're last year and this year. Like, <laughs> But, yeah, no, I, I think they have to do right by the fans. And don't you want to for your exposure? I mean, it's better for you. You want as many eyeballs as possible on your two biggest games with what are supposed to be your four best teams. Maybe sponsorships go up more on New Year's Eve versus New Year's Day. ESPN had to pay back. I know, but millions on the of dollars sur- on the surface of it. I don't know. You, you got to do it on New Year's Day. I mean, the Rose Bowl can still be a big game. The Fiat- all those games can still be good games, but if you're going to do this playoff thing, you have to be all in on it. You have to be all in, and you have to do it right. I I agree. Um, my next one, again, sticking with college sports. Today, it's a big day for UConn Athletics. Huge day. Friday. Or, excuse me, Friday. Today's Wednesday. Huge, huge day because the Big 12 is going to take a vote, and they are voting for to – they're hoping that the NCAA allows them to have a conference championship game for football with only 10 teams. Now, previously, forever, it's always been you need 12 teams to have a – a conference championship game. If you don't, then you, you don't have a conference championship game. And we've seen in the past, uh, not this past year, but two years ago, where both it was Baylor and TCU that got outed of the top four of the, of the playoff because they were co-champions and they didn't have a uh, Big 12 conference championship game. Oklahoma got, I got, I don't want to say lucky. That, well, yeah, kind of lucky. Uh, they didn't get lucky. Well, in terms of no one else was hot like them. Yeah. Because if there was another hot team. Yeah. Right. I mean. Then, then if, they're out. If, 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 if Oregon, any, if, any, if Stanford had a one loss and was five, and Oklahoma was four going into the conference championship championship week. weekend, and Stanford won like they did and had still had one yeah. loss, they would have jumped Oklahoma. Yeah. So Oklahoma, so yes, got, in a sense. So yeah, they got lucky. Um, so as UConn fans, we want them to say no to this, no, 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 because then hey. The Big 12 will be like, all right, we really need a conference championship game. So let's look to teams like BYU, Cincinnati, and the University of I think Memphis will be in that discussion as well. And Memphis. But the University of Connecticut is on that list. Houston's on the list as well. Although I did read Houston, um, and but, I agree. So two teams. Two teams. I, and I, I read Houston. They might not want to take them because they're drawing from that recruiting market so much already. With Texas and yep. BYU, or excuse me, with uh, Texas, TCU, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and uh, TCU, that they don't want to stretch it even more. Um, I mean, as a UConn fan, I obviously it's strange. Isn't and it? Folks, if you haven't heard about that, it's a big deal. So Friday, pay attention to your Twitter, your Facebook, uh, because it's it's big. It can be big news, really good news or really devastating news. It's strange. It's interesting for me. I'm I'm. An Oklahoma fan who's in the Big 12, and I'm a UConn fan, but UConn trumps all. And honestly, is is Oklahoma ever going to lose to UConn football? So what do I really have to worry about? The only advantage is is I could go up to the rent and watch Oklahoma blast UConn. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, it was, right. that was, that was right. like your next. Um, we're like the, the president had his four points last night. Well, I guess we have our six points. Yep. Um, I'm calling for the fans to – just act better. I mean, this it's an ongoing thing year after year. Uh, I came to the forefront again the other day um, with the Cincinnati Bengal fans throwing uh, things on the field. Uh, you remember the Toronto Blue Jays fans in that uh, that the playoff game? What was it? The uh, 
the uh, ALDS, AL, ALDS uh, where Joey Batista hit the home run, just completely out of control. Uh, you, you have fans all the time on Twitter, social media, you know, just social media as an overall. Um, just the things that bugs me about social media is half the things that people say to celebrities, to commentators, athletes, they would never say their face. No. I mean, I and, – and for me as one, I have never uh, attacked an athlete. Well, it's like Blair Walsh. He got attacked. You know, people went after him because, you know, okay, he should have made the kick. But you know what? Does it change your life other than, you know, you get to watch your team again, you know, all that good stuff. Maybe maybe you were going to go to the Super Bowl if they made it, you know, or something like that. But, like, we're, we're big UConn fans, and if UConn loses to Tulsa tomorrow night, are we going to be disappointed? Yeah. But does it change my work situation? Well, to, to be fair, you can't compare a regular season game to a – No, but I'm just saying, if okay, if UConn had lost the 2014 national championship – I'm still. We're still sitting here doing the podcast yeah. with the same exact. You know, I think people just have to. You can root for your team. You can get into it because we certainly do. We're very invested in our teams. You can act like a nut sometimes, but be smart about it. You can't throw stuff on the field. You can't attack people on social media. They're people. They're just working. I mean, if someone did some, if people, everyone does stupid things. Everybody does dumb things. Everyone makes mistakes. There's one difference between us and the professional athlete. They do it publicly. We do it in about ten people know. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Like you last night. You locked the door when I was still gone, and it broke. How many people know? Three. Well, now the whole World Wide Web knows. Well, yes. So thank you very much for that. But, um, uh, so my third and final point, and I've said this to you before, Sam, and I will say this until – it happens, and it may never happen, but I think it is a fantastic idea. It's a terrible idea. It is not a terrible idea at all. For the Major League Baseball All-Star game, allow the starters to play in the 7th, 8th, ninth innings in the later half. No. Yes. You can't take them out of the game and put yes, them back in. Yes, you can. For an All-Star game you have, and especially if it means something, I think it would be very, very cool. You want to keep the audience in for the entire game. Would you rather see it? Uh, well, I can't say Chapman versus Trout anymore. Um, if you want to see uh, a Rosenthal versus Mike Trout matchup, you get it in the ninth inning. You would never get that if you don't allow your starters to go back into the game later on. Brock Holt I versus Ardalius Ardali- Chapman. I completely disagree. You can't. You took them out of the game. They're not into it anymore. You, you, they never do it. You can't do it there. The problem with the All-Star game is the fact that it counts, plain and simple. If it's going to count, allow no, the starters. You can't. Because in the NFL, you in the NFL, you got your star players down the fourth quarter. In the NBA All-Star game, you got LeBron James and Carmelo Anthony and Kevin Durant on the floor in the fourth quarter. The Pro Bowl, not necessarily. So get no. your, get, get no. your main guys That's out ridiculous. there. It is not ridiculous. You sound like a Republican. It is not ridiculous. Get your you sound like a Republican. Get your stars out there for the crucial point of the game. You sound like the Republicans saying gun control is a bad thing. This is completely different. I'm joking. Um, bad joke. Get your stars out there for the final innings. No. More, dra- more dramatic endings. If you're going to do that, then you have to have the other guys start the games and have the stars in at the end. That's how you got to do it. You can't have them come out, sit for two innings, and go back in. Why Teams not? will never 
because teams never they won't want that to happen. They don't want their guy out there all that time. So then, okay, so then just announce them, and then just mm. put, and then the first inning you got your backups in. You either start the backups. It's stupid. It's no. All right, I'm gonna finish on one that you don't care about at all. Golf but, related. Uh, yes. Okay. Let's talk about Tiger Woods less, please. He hasn't won anything in years. He hasn't won a major since 2008. You have so many good players. I'm watching the event, on uh, the first event of the year, and, and uh, just Tiger Woods, Tiger Woods this, Tiger Woods that. These guys are this good because of Tiger Woods. It's like you have all these unbelievably young players, Jordan Spieth, Roy McIlroy, uh, Ricky Fowler, Jason Day, uh, Brooks Kapka. these guys that are just good. Who was the last one you said? Brooks Kapka. Never heard of him. Yeah, I know you haven't. That can carry the storyline on their own. You don't have to bring up Tiger Woods. Just get over it. He's not there. Don't have to talk about him. Yes, he might be the greatest golfer of all time. I know that. But you don't have to always mention him in every situation. Not every situation is relatable to Tiger Woods, although the golf commentators and media would have you believe otherwise. Tiger Woods is in contention on Sunday. I'm not saying that. Watch. I'm just saying. I, hey, I, I I'm realize just, that. I'm just I, I'm, saying. I, even, even if I'm at school, right, if Brian, it's the Masters, Brian, I will make a point to turn Brian, Tiger I'm, Woods I'm not on. saying that you can't when he's – but he hasn't been relevant in a golf sense in like 18 months, like two years. Some, for a long time now, he hasn't been relevant. Two years for golf, that's not, that doesn't seem like it's a long time. It is, though. When you play every single week, I mean, yeah, people would if he comes back. But until he does, you don't have to relate every situation to Tiger Woods. All right, we're going to reset. This is the Sports Brothers Podcast with Sam and Brian Dostler. And it's everything sports all the time here on this podcast. This will be the last one before I go back to school. I will be putting my... Radio shows on the Nico Empire website throughout the semester, so you can either listen live and call in if you would feel like to, or you can just simply listen to the podcast uh, when I put it up. Um, so, still more to come. NFL playoffs, and then we're going to talk about the Alabama-Clemson National Championship game. But, Sam, you will be going to back to your old college grounds this weekend, starting tomorrow. I will be. At Springfield College, and you'll be – Calling slash working the 2016 Hoopal Classic. And it's a great event every year. You haven't gone in a couple of years. Are you going to go this year? I don't know yet. I probably won't decide until Sunday night. I think Dad might want to know before then. Well, it kind of depends on when people are back in school anyways. But talk about the Hoopal. Yeah, it's it's a great event. I mean... Uh, this is going to be the seventh year that I've attended, sixth year I've worked it, uh, getting a chance to call seven games over the first uh, four days of the tournament. And you, it, it, if you're in the area, if you're in the Springfield, Massachusetts area, our area, and you're a basketball nut, uh, it's it's the event to go to. I mean, just the list of players that, I've, that we've seen play there, um, Kyrie Irving, uh, Tristan Thompson, uh, Jalen uh, – Julius Randle, uh, the list just goes on and on. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, pretty much anyone who's a young, significant star, currently Anthony Davis, young, significant star in the NBA, or still in college, goes through this tournament. Uh, you called a lot of games. Who's the best one that you've called so far? I haven't called a game in a couple of years there. Um, 
Not sure what the best. Uh, Tony Roten Jr. and Wayne Blackshear went back and forth. Uh, the first or second year I was working the event, which was uh, a lot of fun to see. I called an Oak Hill game, which was pretty cool, just because they're Oak Hill. So you have it, but so what's your biggest like star then that you've called? For for those, I mean, the names that seem well, just to to explain the names that seem just mentioned, they typically play on Monday. The right, big for, names usually the biggest of big names play on Monday, which is when ESPN comes in. Yes, and that and so Sam doesn't announce. But uh, there's some I'm, there's a kid going to Kentucky that I'm going to be calling this year. He plays for Wilbraham and Munson. I uh, can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, great point guard showdown in the uh, 12:30 game on Saturday between uh, kid Fred Jackson, who's going to Duke, and then another kid who's uncommitted uh, as of now. Has the tip, you know, Kentucky left on his list. Can't remember. Any UConn? Uh, Kobe, Kobe Simmons. Any uh, UConn guys? Yes. Uh, you got the the big guy coming next year. He's going to be there. Dara. Yep, he'll be there. And then, of course, uh, his teammate, who is uh, highly recruited, highly ranked in the in the in the junior class. It's just you just get good players. I mean, just rolling through pretty much every game from Saturday on. And, and Thursday and Friday are good days too. It's it's local teams and it's usually rivalry local games and uh, those are a lot of fun as well. And, and it's cheap, you know, like fifteen dollars to go watch for the whole day to watch, yeah. you know, the best of the best in high school sports. That guys that will be NBA stars. I mean, Anthony Davis played there about eighteen months before he was the number one draft pick. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think uh, two of my favorite plays from there. There was a buzzer beater, I remember. From two years William, ago, William uh, Nigel Goss. Is that, that sounds familiar? Uh, well, he played for Finley Prep. Now he plays for Washington. Yep. Okay, there you go. Um, Aaron Gordon, he dunked over like three guys. <laughs> he was a stud there. He huh? was. He was the. He was cool. like the. And his team got blown yeah, out. They were terrible, right? But the buzz in that gym for him. Oh yeah, it was big. And then um, Alexander, the the Kansas guy. What was his first? Cliff name? Alexander. Cliff Alexander. Yeah, he had a big game. Big putback jam. Yeah. Huge putback. Um, speaking, of, I haven't heard him. Anything no, I haven't heard that name in a while. God, um, it, it's it's always good. I mean, you you see that you get the dunks, the close games, and what's great is it's that close atmosphere too. It's at the spring. It's in the Springfield College Gym. If you're a basketball junkie, you'll be hanging out with a bunch a bunch of basketball. Yeah, it's junkies. all basketball junkies. Yeah. I mean, you, so, you don't go there if you don't really like basketball. Yeah, no. especially because I mean, it's up against NFL playoffs. So I mean, yeah. you you really like yeah. it. And if you have Martin Luther King Day off, go and go early. St. Anthony's, they play early. Watching Bobby Hurley's team, always a treat. I mean, they play hard. They defend the heck out of you. It's unbelievable. Are you calling that game? No, watching. I'll go okay. and watch. All right, so let's head to the national championship game. It was a dandy one as the Crimson Great Tide game. beat the Tigers 45-40. to Sam, your takeaways from this game as Alabama – they have claimed four out of the last seven national titles. Well, uh, I think one thing you can say is as long as Dabo Sweeney is at Clemson, uh, they've officially put themselves, solidified themselves as a national contender. They've been building up to it for a few years now, and I think they're firmly there. They could have won that game. Oh, yeah. It, I mean, that game could easily have gone either way. And I think they, st- I still think they had the best player on the field. Deshaun Watson? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, over 400 passing yards for Watson, 73 rushing yards, four touchdowns, one interception. 
uh, just a sophomore. And uh, next year. And he'll be back next year. Um, for those of you that might be confused, Jameis Winston, he was a sophomore, but he was a redshirt sophomore. So it's three years of eligibility, hence the reason why Watson can say another year. Um, not only is it him, Sam, though, um, you got Hunter Renfro, the the number 13, the white wide receiver. He, he'll be back for two more years. He's a freshman. And then, um, where is it? Okay, uh, Galman Scott, they're also sophomores. Um, the two running backs. And they were a young team. And, and a receiver, yeah. And, I mean, they their, their line, uh, on their defensive line, great job. Oh, yeah. For most of the night on Derrick Henry, he had that one really big run, the 50-yard touchdown rumble, uh, especially in the first half. They were in that backfield a lot. Coker yeah. uh, didn't have much time at all. Um, but Nick Saban, he's, he's got five national titles, four of them in Alabama, and arguably the most prestigious college football program in the history of college sports. Um where do we rank him? Is he the best of all time? He's he's got one. He's certainly he's the, got he's got one to tie Bear Bryant at six. I think it's harder to win now. Why is it hard to win now versus the nineteen sixties? Because now is it so much more pressure because everything's televised and it's that, more popularized. But it's, it's, it's more pop. It, I think the big thing is, you know. Back when Bear Bryant was winning, doesn't take anything away from him, obviously. But when he was winning, you'd only hear about the best of the best. Now you can be exposed to pretty much everybody. You know, I mean, there's so many different teams that you see on TV, uh, you can read about, and stuff like that. So I think it makes it a little harder to. I, I think that spreads the recruiting out a little bit more, for one. Is he on your? He is. Oh, I, th- I. No, no, no. Is he? Is he on your Mount Rushmore of coaches of all time? Nick Saban. Yeah. Yeah. Like overall. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's unbelievable what he's done in the SEC. Come on. Oh yeah. The, in the in the toughest and, uh, conference. And, and what what was his bad year? The it was it was what 2010, right? They went like 10 and two or something. When they lost the no, wasn't a bad year. Well, bad years when they don't win the national championship, but um, they had. Two losses when they lost Oklahoma, right in the in the Sugar Bowl. Yeah, that was their second loss of the year. Yeah, and then they had, well, then it was after they won that first title in '09 with Saban, they uh, they had like two losses or something that year. Should I, should Saban go to the NFL? He's 64 years no. old. Because do you think so? I don't think he should. But on the other side of of looking on, he's got four national or five national titles, right? If he goes to the NFL and wins even one Super Bowl, God, how greatest much greatest coach that, of all time? Oh, you, like that's the because can we agree that the Super Bowl is probably like the the highest of highest uh, of uh, of like accomplishments? Like if you have a Super Bowl ring, it's well it, within the sport of football. I think it, I I think if you're a Super Bowl champion, like as a coach, not taking away from like the NBA championship or the World it Series, doesn't no, uh, don't even go that way because it's it's all relevant to the sport you play. You say that about the Super Bowl because the most people watch the Super Bowl. Okay, so it's but most... But th- that doesn't mean you're any better than a guy who... than Greg Popovich. Okay. Um, it's it's all relevant to the sport you play. Because Saban, he, he would have some... If it he, frustrates me the way people talk about football like that. It's a very easy sport to follow, the NFL. Saban, he could go to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New York Giants he's been linked to. Why would you go... 
you know, Dan Patrick show, they're talking about, oh, it's a smaller town, Tampa Bay, that is a smaller town, don't have to deal with as much media as if you went to New York. Why would you, I, I just don't, wouldn't you be stepping down if you went from Alabama to Tampa Bay? Well, yeah. That's a downgrade. But it's an upgrade in terms of the league. You're at Alabama. I get if that. You, if you're going to go to the NFL, you have to go to a flagship team. Not the Tampa Bay Bucks. I, I, I don't see him going. I don't see him going anywhere. I think, why leave what you have? You're making great money. You're in a hundred percent stable position. Maybe, <laughs> although their fans, they don't win next year. He might be on the hot seat. Um, I, I don't see him going anywhere. I, I just think it would be ridiculous for for him to move anywhere. Turning point of the game. So now back to, kick, to the yep. actual game. Onside kick, hands down. Um. And you look at the formation by Clemson, and I'm not sure. I I've, I didn't go back and watch other kickoffs, but I'm not sure if that's like a normal thing. That I don't. They, they do. were really pinched in, though. But they, yeah, there was a huge gap of open. And that was fields. that was an easy pitch and oh, catch. Oh yeah, that kick was, and catch. I should say. Yeah. I mean that was easy. Would you? Should the kicker be more excited after that play, or the guy that caught it? The kicker. The kicker. Oh, my God. And he's he just, a Griffin. He's had an up-and-down career. Yeah. He put that right on the mark. That was yeah. beautiful. Mm-hmm. And he missed one earlier. Yep. But, and to, to have the, the the guts the guts to pull that off, I mean, that's right up there with Sean Payton's onside kick. I mean, that's like, the, that was like one of those balls you see crossed in soccer just floated up there nicely yeah. right at the foot of the, the player. That was perfect. I mean, he caught that right. In, and the best part was is you got Dabo Sweeney going absolutely nuts. Oh, yeah. He, I mean. And there, you know, he was probably asking for offsides. Did it go ten yards? This or that? And it was just perfectly executed. He did the moment. It was because we were thinking that too when uh, when friends were over. It's like were they offside? You know, we were going through those same things because it was like so. Like, oh my god, I can't believe did he just that do just that. Happened. Yeah. Um, but Sam, you, we said that Clemson could have won this game, and they absolutely could have. They lost by five. Uh, Alabama was up by as many as, as 12, 11 or 12. Um, and Clemson, they scored a, a touchdown late with 15 seconds left, something like that. But two broken plays in this game, I think, is the difference in this one. This and the onside kick, right? I mean, O.J. Howard, five catches, 208 yards. Two of those, and, and both those touchdowns were long touchdowns on just simple broken coverages by the Clemson defense. It was simple as linebacker stayed, safety stayed, and it left it wide open, O.J. Howard. You clean those two plays up, and I think this is a completely different ball game. It, it certainly is. And um, I don't think people are talking about it enough. And the other thing I don't think is getting mentioned out there is that Clemson had 31 first downs in this game, 31. Alabama had 18. And I think a, a huge part of it is because Howard just went 50-plus yards twice for touchdowns. Big plays, and and because of the Drake. Uh, well, I think in part of return. part of those big plays, yeah. But part of the, yeah, I mean, you look, Mackenzie Alexander came in with the the hamstring injury, injured his other one, uh, didn't play obviously as much as, and he's he's the anchor back there. Yeah, he's the anchor on that team uh, as far as uh, defensive backfield goes, and you, you miss a guy like that, all of a sudden you got moving pieces and. Uh, a team like Alabama is going to take advantage of that. And right before the end of the And you have to give Coker a heck of a lot of credit. Yeah. He did not look good in that first half. No. Second half, fantastic. Second half, and then uh, in the fourth quarter, um, he had that big third and three run when the team, when uh, yep. Bam was up 38-33. 
You know, obviously, if, if Alabama doesn't get the first down there, they have to kick the field goal, and it's an eight-point game. It's a one-possession game with two minutes left, and, you know, Deshaun Watson, uh, you know, a guy could have won the Heisman next year, could have won it this year mm-hmm. um, with the football, and anything can happen there. Yeah. So, big, big play. All right, last segment of the show today. It's the NFL playoffs. Uh, again, you're listening to the Sports Brothers podcast with Sam and Brian Dossler. Everything sports all the time. Very, very quickly, Sam, last week, Blair Walsh, he misses a field goal. Uh, and then Bengals, Steelers, Vontez Burfitts, Pac-Man Jones, all that. What's your take? Very, very quickly. As far as the kick? All or the just above. the all the above? All the the above. kick? It's a tough break. Yeah. 27 yarder. You know, I, I feel short, bad for him. Shorter than extra point. Feel bad for him, and you got to feel for you know those fans out there in that well below zero weather. And you think, all right, it's going to be worth it. Now we're going to win this game. Yep. Uh, it looked like we were going to lose after the, but then boom, missed it. Um, and then I just think everyone talks about the AFC North being the hardest hitting division. Blah blah blah. A lot of it, they're just dirty. Yeah, it's dirty play. When it comes down to it, and then you got Pac-Man Jones saying that he, Antonio Brown was faking, and it's just—it's it's like Baltimore's good. been known to have some some uh, tough fits as well. No, no, I know. Yeah. Oh, I know. I'm saying the division as yeah. a whole. The Browns are just—they're just, they're just oh, yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, they're just hanging out. It's a dis- It's you're. It's a mi- you're trying to clean the image of the game up to an extent, and you're trying to get rid of these. There was no need for that hit on Antonio. The play was over, incomplete. You're trying to hold on. Why would you even put your team in that position? The games this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, the first one, Kansas City at New England. Sam, this could be a game where the Chiefs don't have their best wide receiver and Jeremy Macklin would be a big, big miss if he cannot play. This team that's won 11 straight. They blanked the Texans on the road 30 to nothing last week. Uh, And – you know they have dealt with with adversity in terms of injuries before, uh, because they had Jamal Charles towards ACL. You know Chandrick West has stepped it up in the running game, has stepped up as well. But you lose Macklin, could get dicey for the Chiefs. I mean their defense is great. I mean it, it's a very good defense. But if mm-hmm. you don't have that over the top receiver, well, I remember how much they struggled last year with yeah. with with the passing game, and Macklin by isn't by any means like best receiver but he stretched him enough gave him enough of a threat that they were able to uh take off in the in the way they were julian edelman he will be playing uh i think this is huge obviously oh, yeah. right the patriots they're 90-0 with him they're three and four without oh, yeah. him just uh, it's another weapon just yeah another guy for tom uh it's the first ever playoff me- meeting between these two teams and of course the last time these two teams played sam was on Monday Night Football. Yeah. Week four. A blowout win, 42 14. Ronda Cincinnati. If they win, Belichick should just start, the, start with the. Just, just, just go. We're on, we're on to the AFC Championship yeah, yeah, game. Yeah. Just He's, done it. Just drop Mike. Uh, speaking of the uh, the who they, who they the winner of this game, they'll be playing uh, Pittsburgh at Denver. Um, and this was a rematch of a heck of a game from just a few weeks ago. A comeback win by the by the Steelers in, in the second half, but big storyline here, Sam, is will Big Ben be healthy? Will Antonio Brown be healthy? And Peyton Manning will make his, will be making his first start since Week Ten. He will be, and uh, you look at that game, and that game was in Pittsburgh, right? The first one. Yep. And Brock Osweiler, he had a really really good first half. 
Terrible second half. Terrible second half, but he did show that he can play against Pittsburgh. Um, Again, I mean, this is like a broken record, but how effective can Peyton Manning be? You know, from the small, very small sample size we saw against the Chargers, obviously a lesser team than the Steelers, 5 for 9, 59 yards. Um, you know, and a lot of that, it was a lot of running plays in there. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. But, you know, it's, it's basically how hard, really, essentially, how hard can Peyton throw the football and how accurate because we've seen some – Unpatent-like throws. I mean, it's just uh, it keeps saying the same thing. Um, to the NFC side, Green- and just one more thing on that yep. game, Brian. Before you uh, go too far, uh, the game, the weather this weekend, it's going to be low 40s, so not much wind. So Peyton, not great in the cold, but it's not going to be that cold in Denver. Okay, that's that's good to know. Uh, Green Bay at Arizona, Week 16. 30 All the talk eight. right now, oh, Brian. Yeah. Is Green Bay has their mojo back. Washington, not that good. They NFC. won a really, really bad division. Really bad division. And Arizona, yeah, they did lose their final game of the regular season. How much motivation was there for them? And they they took care of business big time against Green Bay. Rodgers had no time in the pocket. Zero time. He was running around just it – was, it was bad. Um yeah, no, I agree with you. You know, they beat the Redskins. It's it's, it's not like they – No, they didn't beat anyone of no. No. It's a playoff team, yes, yeah. but it's, it's the Redskins. Uh, let's be real here. The final game, Seattle at Carolina. Uh, surprisingly, this is the seventh meeting between Russell Wilson and uh, Cam Newton. For, for guys, I mean, what, Newton 2010, Wilson 2011? Three, four years. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah, that's that, that's a lot. Um, I think it's, it's going to be a good game. Yeah. Right? This is going to come down to the end. Cam Newton, he's going to officially make his mark on the big stage. You don't think he has already? In an NFL sense, no. College, yes, they won the championship in his year at Auburn. But in, a, in an NFL sense, yeah, uh, he hasn't. They they This is when he can officially – Mark himself as it would be his first one of NFC the championship appearances. Yeah, that's that's why because yeah. we're yeah. getting you know this is when he says I'm I'm because there's a lot of people that still doubt him. Yeah, yeah. Our last bit of note, Sam. Power balls tonight. It's what what's the lump sum? Eight hundred and forty-eight million dollars, something like that. How? What did you say? The lump sum. What did you say it was? I said what hundred I. Last I saw, eight hundred forty-eight million. That's what I meant. Last I saw, it was eight hundred twenty-nine million. Okay. I believe. Um, we could get our own studio. We could do a lot of things. <laughs> <laughs> it would certainly change well, my. By the life. way, what's up with all this math? Right, that that stat that if four point that's not true. Four point three million dollars if you divide. Come on, what? <laughs> what's eight hundred forty-eight divided by four? Like it, 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 it. No, it doesn't make. That doesn't even make sense. What I just said, but. No. It's it the whole thing's stupid. It's going on social media if you haven't seen it. Well that's gonna do it for the Sports Brothers Podcast. There is no stump the bro today for this show, but folks you can listen to my radio shows off uh off the Nico Empire website or you can listen live on WECS radio ninety point one. I'll be posting the link as the semester goes so on. So when's the next sports bro? Spring break, right? I suppose. Preview the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, uh, 
Hopefully UConn's there. Hopefully our Huskies are there. And hopefully we're talking about a trip up to Providence to watch some. Uh... Here's a quick question for you before you go through your wrap-up stuff. Sorry to cut you off there. Um, what if UConn has a game at the same time as the games we could go to in Providence are? UConn. Are yeah. you kidding me? Is, is there even a question? Just, no. Just wanted to make sure. <laughs> I'll, I'll mic drop on that note. That's going to do it for the winter break version of the Sports Brothers Podcast. Thank you for listening all winter long. Again, please make sure you keep listening to my radio show. Listen to all Nico's podcasts. He's been putting up a lot of stuff um, with the Think Tank or whatever in his Nico show. He'll also be resuming his radio shows at Central Connecticut State University when he goes back to school. So once again, folks, have a great day. See you later.